Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to McKinney Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast. Eric Thornton here, commodity specialist, filling in as host today on this beautiful day, Friday, March 3rd, 2023. And usually, uh, I would introduce uh, someone on the McKinney side, Sean, Nicole, Kevin, or Craig, and we'd go into the sugar market, what's going on in the corn sweetener environment, talk cocoa or sugar. But today, we have a very special guest and a surprise for everybody. I'm joined by our friend Matt Cox, Vice President of Sales at Western Foods. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Good, Eric. Thank you for inviting me to, to participate today. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks again for joining. Uh, this is a very uh, exciting one. You know, we like to bring on guests from time to time. And, and actually, I do see, you know, it's been some time since we've talked, at least to our podcasters out there, actually, looking back about four years to the day back in 2019, you uh, and your VP at the time, Tom, uh, Adrena was speaking with Mike on the market uh, specific to rice, and we really just kind of wanted to revisit this one with you and, and you know bring your name up again to those users uh, in the industry and some of our clients to let you know who you're all about. But yeah, we're really excited to have you on, and maybe we'll just get right into it right away, Matt, with uh, maybe just a quick talk of Western Foods, for those that don't know you, and why don't you just give us a quick uh, overview of who you are and what you do? Sure, um, and thanks for the opportunity to, to do the introduction. It, it's hard to believe that's been four years, but yeah, that is correct. And uh, gosh, lots lots changed in that time. Um, for one, Tom Tom retired, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. He's enjoying yep. that. And you know we've we've made a lot of changes and expansion in our organization. So you know Western Foods is we're a gluten-free ingredient company. We're about 12 years old. Uh, our backbone is gluten-free flour milling. And apologies if you can hear a mill running behind me in the background, but I'm out of our Woodland, California facility, which is the heart of the California rice growing region. About four years ago, or uh, about five years ago, we. Uh, commissioned a facility in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, which is the heart of the southern rice growing delta region in the U.S. So we're dual facilities centralized in the rice growing regions of the U.S. Rice is kind of our, our heritage and the industry our leadership came from. Um, but we do a lot of other gluten-free flours as, uh, you know, on the flour side uh, as well. So we, we mill uh, a lot of ancient grains Quinoa, millet, sorghum, amaranth, teff. Um, we've gotten very big into bean flowers over the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some uh, specialty starch alternatives, which were something that developed out of the pandemic ingredient supply chain challenges. We had a number of customers that couldn't get starch, so we developed something that we produce domestically that can function in many applications as a replacement. We operate uh, an extrusion line uh, here in Woodland that does finished product snacks, better for you using all of our gluten-free ancient grain, better for you type of ingredients. And then, you know, right right now we're looking at about four weeks until we commission 
our new uh, grain and cleaning facility that'll be adjacent to our flour mill in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And that will be, that'll have milling cleaning capabilities uh, to bring all of our raw material mm-hmm. supply in-house under our own uh, umbrella and supply. Awesome. And right next to that will be an additional extruder that we have going in, not so much focused on the snack side, but on inclusions and uh, breading type of products, um, again, made from all of the flowers that we produce. Fantastic. Always good to hear of expansion. And I believe uh, your California facility that you're you know, potentially looking at or already looking at expansion there as well. Is that correct, Matt? Uh, yes. God, we've, we've had a number of those over the years um, and uh, are just completing... Uh, gosh, our yeah, third or fourth expansion for that facility as well, um, which will be, you know, primarily capacity increase and some additional capabilities. Um, we do, we do blend custom blending here, um, which we'll, we'll have in, in Pine Bluff as well. But, um, you know, taking our flowers, we can do custom formulations for customers for gluten-free mixes or pre-blends for industrial applications, that sort of thing. Great. Thanks for that. Now, Switching gears a little bit, let's actually get into a little bit of an overview on the rice market in particular, since that is your your core commodity that you play in. And while this is not a area that McKinney historically follows very closely, we der- certainly keep tabs, but obviously you're going to have a, a pretty good overview, I think, of some of the challenges that has presented rice, um, you know, no different than other commodities the last couple of years. You know, what, could you give us a rundown of, you know, what has kind of transpired in that market from acreage to, you know, weather challenges, supply, you know, where, where's the demand picture today? What's kind of led us to where we're at now, which is, um, you know, likely, and I, I think you'll mention this probably towards the end, some higher prices in rice and rice flour than we're more accustomed to. Yeah, it's... Um... That, that, that definitely summarizes where we're at today. Um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting and, and challenging few years for rice along with everything else in, uh, you know, in commodity supply. You know, we've seen the, the same things that have affected probably any other crop domestic or, or, or overseas. But, um, you know, higher input costs, of course, you know, seed, fertilizer, labor, what have you going into it. You know, rice in the U.S., California is the second largest rice growing state. Uh, Arkansas is the first, but the, the whole southern region um, is definitely the largest largest area for rice in the U.S. Um, so for, for that region in the south, typically rice competes for acreage with soy and corn. Um, over the last couple of years, you know, we've seen favorable pricing for, for corn and soy. And so that's, you know, led to a, a reduction of acreage for rice in the south. And that that's been really the primary driver there. Um, so we've seen, God, you know, production for U.S. rice as a whole was down 16% last year, and I believe it's around 20 to 30, almost close to 30% um, over uh, 2020. You know, in in California, the story has been completely weather driven. Um, I mean, we're, we're certainly affected by commodity costs here, but the the acreage here is not, not uh, rotated um, with any other crops. So Mm -hmm. the, the story here has been lack of rain. I'm sure you've likely heard about the, you know, the drought, which is multi-year and multi-stage drought that we've had in California. We came out of it a bit in 2018, but the last three years, 
and last year especially was tremendously impactful to to all ag in in uh, California. So our acreage in California is typically around 500,000 acres, you know, up to 550 in a good year, but but right around that number and we saw approximately 50% reduction in planted acres last year and that was solely because wow. of lack of water availability and and water rights to growers. And, you know, again, not not rice, all industries were affected equally by this. There was no water. Our reservoirs were in such poor conditions. There wasn't, you know, allocated to water districts, you know, an, a sufficient supply to grow. And so that's been hugely impactful, both to, you know, of course, the California rice industry, but the U.S. rice industry um, as a whole. Our reduction in acreage combined with, you know, the reduction in planted acreage in the south is put a really significant uh, strain on the supply in the U.S. And, you know, domestically, we've seen demand stay strong um, and and growing, in fact. Um, You know, pet food is an industry that kind of comes up and down with its rice usage, but it's had very strong demand over the last few years. You know, into industrial use and food processing, uh, rice is on the increase. And, you know, overall demand domestically has been very good. Our export has been poor and that's uh, you know very uh impactful to the situation we're in right now mm-hmm. with the you know our, our prices have gone up in in accordance with you know input costs and all of that um but also with the reduced supply but it's it's got to the situation where our rice is not not competitive on the foreign market you know in the in this in California we we mainly go into Southeast Asia and especially Japan and in the southern region, Central America, South America, Haiti, Puerto Rico, Iraq are kind of the major markets there. And, you know, we've essentially priced ourselves out of that that market, which has led to very low domestic production, domestic millings of rice. And there's there's not there's not a lot of rice in storage and there's not demand for export. So it's just a very stagnant market. Mm-hmm. Um, and the highest prices we've seen, the, the highest season average farm price at the close of the year uh, on record, uh, historically. Wow. The highest price we've seen in California on record uh, for, for CalRose rice and very near uh, highest prices we've seen on, on broken rice and byproducts. Wow. Yeah. So uh, certainly no different than, you know, wheat or wheat flour or other typical commodities we cover here. Obviously, rice has been uh, no shortage of of issues. So thanks for that full and comprehensive recap there, Matt. Um, So what uh, on the specialty flour side, if we change gears a little bit, what's some of your your largest uh, requests these days or, you know, what kind of are your top sellers in that arena outside of rice? Yeah, I would say, you know, as far as the ancient grains and, and alternative grains and beans, um, you know, sorghum is the one that we've seen uh, and continue to see probably the strongest demand for. It's, uh, you know, it's very versatile um, for, for product developers um, in terms of functionality and flavor, nutritional profile, but then also, you know, as far as price point availability for domestic production. Okay. It's also a low water usage crop. 
so it's got a lot of good things going for it, um, but it, it functions well in just a broad range of applications, whether you're extruding it or, you know, going into coatings and breadings, or if you're using it for baking applications in breads and pastries, just a really neutral flavor profile that, that functions well in a lot of applications, both, you know, processing and flavor profile. So that's probably our, our strongest growing, I would say. You know, Teff is another one that that uh, has had a lot of increase in interest over the years, and okay. being formulated in in both grain. Um, it's a tiny little grain, like a pinhead practically, but you know, customers using that in um, as a whole grain and in flour form. You know, and on the opposite spectrum, I think quinoa. You know, eight years ago was at the kind of the peak of the that was the darling of the <laughs> alternative ingredient list, and and we. You know, it's not going away, but we don't see the growth that we have in that one anymore. And, and really, you know, Teff and Sorghum would be the two I'd highlight for for increased demand gotcha. on the grain side. Um, like I said, the chickpeas and lentils and, and peas is where we see tremendous growth got across the the board um, for our customers. You know, it's it's lends itself well to plant-based applications. It's higher in protein. It uh, Mm -hmm. goes well into, you know, alternative meat applications and just really strong demand for that. And we we see that continuing. I mean, we'll be at the Natural Products Expo West in a couple of weeks. And I know last year when we were there, you could, you could walk, couldn't walk down an aisle without seeing something that, um, that had, you know, those, uh, those ingredients highlighted. Fantastic. Awesome. So, is there is there anything uh, you know aside from those ones you'd mentioned chickpeas lentils quinoa is there anything abstract or kind of new that's way out there that maybe folks haven't really heard or seen but maybe could be a, a longer term growth item any idea there in the ancient space boy you know there are some some grains we see that uh, canoa and some other you know. Um, very specialty type of grains that we've seen and played with a little bit of over the years and, um, you know, see those continue to pop up. I would say, you know, trend wise, you know, we, we look at some of the like mycelium okay. type of ingredients that we've, we've used, uh, especially on our snack side and some lower uh, GI, lower glycemic index flowers that are of interest. And that's, that's kind of what we see on the horizon for the future. Very good. Well, perfect. Well, Matt, I, I, Appreciate your time today and checking in with us. Uh, like I said, it's been a couple of years and we're happy to kind of refresh this one for our listeners. And if there's anything uh, that caught your attention today or you'd like to learn a little bit more about Western foods and, and speak with Matt, you know, whether that's talking about any of the markets, get some samples on any of their products, feel free to reach out to your McKinney Flavel representative uh, or feel free to shoot me a quick email uh, at Eric at bikini-flavel.com and I'd be happy to introduce you to to Matt there and the folks at Western but uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up Matt again appreciate you hopping on here and thanks for listening into today's edition and as Mike always says uh, live every day with an attitude of gratitude and we'll catch you next time take care everybody thank you Eric bye bye that concludes this podcast episode for expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favell's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favell.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.